Hi, I'm Carlin Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. I enjoy a nice glass of wine. I prefer red wine. I like Merlots, but I'm pretty open-minded to trying different types of, you know, Cabernets, Pinot Noir. Um, not really a white wine person so much, but, you know, again, I'm pretty open-minded. I'll, I'll try anything once. I was thinking about this. Um, it's funny. I know that there's churches out there that don't that think out, drinking alcohol is a sin. And of course, my head always goes back to, well, Jesus turned water into wine. So what's that about? Um, and frankly, I just think it's a lot of churches who, um, you know, they want to control their people or they want to absolutely remove anything that could possibly make them sin. And I don't take alcoholism lightly. And the fact that if you do have that kind of an addictive personality or um, propensity that that is not good and you probably should stay away from alcohol. However, I think everybody should make that decision on their own. And I don't see anything wrong with having a couple glasses of wine here and there with dinner. And um, I'm purely a, a very rare social drinker. Like I, I just don't come home and drink it. Anyway, not meaning to go down that rabbit hole, but when I was thinking about wine and then I was remembering the time when I first met, I was first dating Todd and he's, his family is from Napa and he um, used to live in Northern California in a very small town called Vacaville. And um, one time we, my sister and my mom and I went up to the wineries up there and, and it was so cool. It was just beautiful, just fields and fields of grapes. And we went to Robert Mondavi's winery, which is one of my favorite brands of wine. Um, and then I, rem I was remembering the times like when we were driving through Tuscany and Italy and seeing all the vineyards and just how magnificent they are and how beautiful they are. And I love grapes. I mean, who doesn't love grapes? And then I pretty much love like everything that you can get out of grapes. I love raisins. I love wine. You know, it's like what a wonderful fruit that is. Um, and what was making me think about all of this is I, I read the verse in the Bible about, you know, as uh, Jesus said that, you know, I am the vine and um my, you know, God is, my father is the vine dresser. And he actually uses this type of analogy. And I think it's in, it's in John, um, that, you know, he takes away or lifts up every branch in me that bears no fruit. And, um, I just, that really stuck out to me in terms of leadership is that, you know, having somebody there who takes away or lifts up every branch in me that bears no fruit. And so I was thinking about that and it's like, wow, that is what good leaders do is we help people to prune away the bad branches, um, you know, whatever that, whatever that looks like for them and it's going to be individual. And so when I was thinking about that in terms of both as a leader, but also leading yourself, so I decided, cause I know nothing about, you know, taking care of grapevines. So of course I went to the Google and learned a little bit more about, you know, how do you, how do you prune old and overgrown grapevines? Well, it's a few different steps. I mean, they're pretty big steps. You first cut back the main trunk to five feet tall with a pruning saw. 
Who knew there was a special saw? You remove all the canes that are too small and weak to produce fruit with pruning or lopping shears. Then you remove all the canes older than two years where they, because you got to track this stuff, where they attach at the vine using lopping or pruning shears. And then if you're growing grapes for winemaking, you leave about 20 to 30 buds in the plant. If growing more for out of hand eating, you allow 50 to 80 buds to remain on the plant. I was like, wow, that's very specific. That gardener really needs to know what they're doing when they're working with grapevines. Um, and so when I started thinking about you know, how Jesus described himself as the true vine, as father of the vine dresser, and any branch that does not bear fruit will be cut off, I just thought a vine by you know general definition is something that actually can climb, creep, it can crawl, it can get out of hand, it can go like all over a house if you let it, it'll go all over a fence if you let it, like those just, they get out of control if you don't control them. And um, they can spread out vertically, horizontally, I mean, they really do. So it was a wonderful analogy that he used. And so then I started thinking about in terms of leadership, leading myself first, right? And I'm. this is where I'm going to get into some sips, and I want you guys to really you know, kind of hone in on this, because this was so helpful to me to think about this. It's like, if I was to think of myself as a vine, what, you know, sip one, what needs pruning from my life? Like, what am I letting grow out of control, grow up walls and fences, and I can't get a handle on anymore, and I've just completely let it go? It could be so many things. For me, I think my weight is huge. This has definitely been my out of control grapevine that I have not pruned for many years and um and health overall in that sense physical health eating better exercising really taking care and pruning myself first before pouring into others it's so important so what are some grapevines in your life um and I went for a walk last night and we looked at all the Halloween decorations that our neighbors put up and I, I, we don't decorate for the holidays mainly because it's a pain. And frankly, I love that my neighbors do so I can just walk around and enjoy theirs and they get to clean up the mess. Sorry, neighbors, not sorry. Um, but you know, as I was like physically getting active, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am so out of shape. It's so bad. I shouldn't be huffing and puffing this much over walking around a neighborhood. And so for me, pruning, that's that's something I'm definitely going to focus on and keep focusing on is how do I prune myself to be better um, in my physical health. Uh, sip number two, now as a leader, what can you help prune from other people's lives? What are some things where you see something where you need to cut back a little bit on the Um, whatever it may be, it could be, I know there's some people and I've been talking to a lot of people that I mentor lately, people that are very self-conscious, they lack confidence, they, um, the negative self-talk is real and it comes through them in a big and, and awful ways because the voices in their head and as Brene Brown would say, the stories are telling themselves are not healthy ones. So how can you prune those voices out of your mind? You know, prune that negative talk out of your head. When those things come in as the little seeping grapevines, you know, cut them off, cut them, prune them, get your lopping shears, whatever that looks like. And your lopping shears or your shears or your pruning saw could be so many different things. It could be in the form of journaling, it could be in the form of prayer, it could be in the form of talking to somebody, whether that's a therapist, a professional, or a friend, or a support, you know, per, a supportive person in your life. It's like, what do, what does your tools look like for your garden? 
And we all need those. How are you watering into yourself? And then how are you watering into others? It's so important to identify those so we can prune back into the the tree and into the grapes that we want. And finally, a vine dresser, sip three, a vine dresser isn't a vine dresser without a prune, without a vine to prune and shape and take care of. And so who are those people in your life? Identify your circle, identify your grapevine, and determine, again, how can you pour into others? How can you help prune others? How can you help prune yourself in order to be better for others? And recognize that this isn't something that you do and you check it off the list. This isn't something that uh, a gardener or a vine dresser gets to just do once in, you know, once every so often or once and then they're done and they get their grapes. It's great. A harvest is every year. It's annual. It's, and it's constantly taking care of these grapevines every single day because you don't know what kind of weather is going to come your way. You don't know if there's going to be a freeze and you have to cover them. You don't know if there's going to be a flood or rain. You don't know if birds are going to get to them. So you have to constantly be caring for your vineyard. And it takes constant care and being so careful to know if I'm going to leave buds on the vine, how many is that? What are those buds? And how in this season of my life can I make sure I have buds, but make sure that they're going to bloom as well? Um, I know I've talked about a book called Seasons of God on this on my podcast before, but I come back to the notion of seasons often. And this is no different when you think of the seasons of harvest. You know, in spring, you know, everything's beautiful and new and wonderful. And summer is when you're really, you know, you're working that harvest. You're working those grapevines. You're making sure that things are being pruned and they're they're being taken care of. And then in the autumn, as you start, you can reap from the harvest. It's like you reap what you just sowed, right? It's a beautiful thing. This is how this is how it works. This is the seasons of how you know harvest works. And then in winter. We store up for winter. We store up in autumn for winter because winter is usually desolate and things die and leaves fall off of the branches of things and they seem and appear dead for a while. And But then there's always spring. Spring always comes. It always comes in the morning. It always comes back around. And those seasons are constant in nature, in the world, in the earth, and in our, in our gardens and our vines. But those seasons are also an analogy for our lives. And that sometimes we do feel like we're experiencing winter. And sometimes we feel like everything's just dead around us. And we have no buds on our on our grapevines. We have no beautiful green leaves to give. We're lucky that last one that fell to the ground, it's like, that's it. I'm done. So in those moments and in those seasons in our lives, what can we do to prepare our tools and to get prepared? Because we know there's always going to be a spring because spring will always follow winter. And how do we look forward, you know, knowing that when we're in those heightened times of our lives where we are reaping the harvest and reaping the toils of our labor and there's grapes aplenty and there's wine, you know, grapes are being crushed into wine aplenty. But how do we not rest on that laurel too? And I'm not saying borrow trouble, but how do we prepare in those moments and how do we store up for winter so when the winters do come, they're not as bad as they could be because we know that we've prepared ourselves. We've cut all of the, the bad branches off. We've gotten rid of all of those so we can continue to grow 
and so we can continue to bear fruit no matter what season it is in our lives. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.